Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk 20s. Uh, I got it. so much positivity from the first uh, first uh, podcast there. I think at the time of this recording for episode two, it's almost at 100 uh, views on YouTube. And then um, I don't know how many on Spotify yet, but um, I appreciate everyone DMing me or texting me and responding, saying that they like the podcast. Um, and some people gave me some feedback, so I'm really excited to uh, move forward with uh, this next episode here. The second episode is another one of my best friends of all time. I got my boy, Will Root. Will. Hello, everyone. What's Happy cracking? to be here. Happy to be here. Actually, a little bit uh, kind of nervous, actually. You know, it's it's. I do a radio show, so I, I've been on the radio. I've talked a little bit before, but I completely am. I'm totally unserious on that. So this is the first serious really uh, thing I've, I'm getting to do. So I'm kind of excited about it. Plug your, uh, radio. Well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore since you graduated. Which first <laughs> off, congratulations, man. I'm so proud of you. That's, uh, Thank that's you. huge. Thank you. It um, is. I guess I can really fit into the whole let's talk 20s post-graduation theme now that literally happened four or five days ago. What was that like walking across the stage? Um, It was pretty cool. It hasn't really set in yet. I'm not home yet. I'm still in Auburn. So... It's it's basically feels the same, kind of like a normal summer. But as I'm sure, as soon as I go home, like I start a job in a month, so it's gonna be a quick turnaround in Nash Vegas. Yeah, yes, sir. Let's go. That's awesome, man. Um, so I guess uh, what we can introduce um, our relationship with everyone, since a lot of people who are listening are from Georgia or other places that I've lived. So not everyone knows who you are. So do you want to talk about how we met? How did it all start? Well, you love this telling the story. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, so I came to college in the fall of 2018. Tanner was a year older than me, so we'd already been there. He was a sophomore. Um, I was moving into my dorm at the Hill. So uh, God rest his soul. It's getting torn down this summer. Very sad. But um, I, I, I move in and I'm getting my key for the dorm. And lo and behold, there's Mr. Tanner Perry is going to be my RA. So I get the key from him and it's been pretty good ever since then. We ended up uh, kind of hitting it off. We went to a few functions together. We had some good times, uh, RA and student relationship meetings. And then uh, my other roommate, Harrison, asked Tanner if he wanted to live with us. And that's basically how it went for the rest of college, I guess, until Tanner graduated. Yeah, that's crazy. I was, that's why I find it so, um, I don't know, heartwarming to see you and Harrison and Sam and like everyone else in your grade that I knew from freshman year move on to graduate because I literally gave you guys the key to start college, the key to your freshman dorm, and then mm-hmm. to uh, keep tabs and become best friends after I wasn't your RA um, and was able to take that barrier down and be be close friends for the next three years together. Um, it's really cool to see you guys blossom into who you are now and seeing everyone kind of do their own thing post-college. And I don't know. That's a pretty cool story, I think. It is. It is. I think it's very cool. Um, I, I'm the big brother in my family, so I've never really had kind of a older, I guess like an older brother figure in my life. And I guess that's kind of what you have been for the past four years. Oh, damn. Essentially. That's, that's, uh, wow. That's huge, man. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I don't have any brothers. I somehow got more sisters in the last few years. Um, so I always would take you and Harrison, and everyone in as, as like my little brother. Um, hell yeah. Well, congrats on graduating. You're going to Nashville right after right after college with a great job, right? What are you going to be doing? 
I'm doing a software development consulting for this company called Capgemini. It's a essentially what they do is they'll get people they get client or we'll get clients who want us to build them like a website or an app or some tech thing. And my job will be to go in and look at what they want and to build it for them. So that is what I'll be doing up in Nashville. All that is, uh, goes right over my head. <laughs> it's, um, you know, you can, you can jazz it up just a little bit to make it sound a lot cooler than it really is. But a lot of it is just being a code monkey, but I'm still excited about it. And it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. And you're moving away from home. So you're going to kind of experience, um, you know, spreading your own wings and doing everything by yourself and learning the ropes of the apartment. You guys already got a place, right? Yeah, we actually got the lease on the day of my graduation, which is kind of a very, very interesting way to put it. I mean, it's just interesting because I'm, I'm so excited for graduation and I'm really thinking about that. And then boom, you get the lease and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really like, I I'm not just graduating. Like I'm really, really like starting this thing like right off. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You and you and Abby are going to do great things in Nashville. I know that she's still, um, you know, wanting to go back to school for for further um, nursing stuff. But I, I think the two of you have always been one to have good heads on your shoulders and, you know, get stuff done. So I, I think you guys are going to do really well. It's going to be a hard adjustment, uh, especially being out there kind of by yourself. I'm sure you know some folks who will be around the area or maybe who mm -hmm. are going to Nashville too, but you got it. Yeah, no, it's stressful, but I'm excited about it. I mean, that's that's what's what life is, just moving on to a new opportunity. So very excited to get it on the way. Well, now that we got that aside, um, what's, uh, let's get into what uh, we're talking about today. Well, what are, we, what are we discussing today? So when I guess I texted you last week after you, I listened to you and Connor on the show and mm -hmm. just getting a little feel for like what the after college experience is all for. And you said, what did I want to talk about? And one thing that's always been really, really um, – kind of had an effect on me and something that's really affected or been very important to me over the past four years of college, especially um, is just mental health awareness and kind of dealing with a lot of high expectations. Cause I mean, like you're going to a big university, everyone expects you to do well. Cause I mean, you, maybe you did well in high school um, or you've done well throughout your life and immediately you're thrown out there like, Oh, well I'm, we got all this money on the line. We're trying to get you an education and you just can't go and you can't mess up. So there's like little room for failure and it puts a lot of strain on people who are our age. Cause I mean, we're young adults. We don't really know our place in the world and we're immediately have all this uh, liability and burden put on us immediately. Right. As we get on our own essentially. Yeah, for sure. And um, for everyone who's listening, I'm definitely going to have to break down mental health into uh, several different episodes that is way too big of a topic to oh, really um, really touch on in one episode but yeah we'll absolutely t uh, touch on that a little bit and then uh, get into the the expectations and how that can be um, a double-edged sword I would say it's it's good to put yourself into a place where you want to constantly improve but also um, something that can definitely be your downfall and can make you really hard on yourself when um, really, you should be enjoying yourself at the same time, you know? That is exactly true. Well, go ahead and start off with, uh, tell me about um, how how are you doing right now? Instead of talking about the past, what, how, how are we doing right now with post-college and everything like that? How would you say your mental health is and, and what's what's your worries and everything like that? Mental health as far as, oh, see, a lot of my mental health uh, goes along uh 
the way of like trying to help other people, trying to be a people pleaser, which it, it ends up hurting me a lot. And then also a lot of expectations I put on myself to perform in a classroom setting. And now that the classroom setting is gone, I feel really good. Like I'm excited. I'm, I'm anxious about what this, what this job is going to have, but it's not the same where it's like, Oh, if you mess up at a job, someone is there and they can teach you and they can help you get through it. Whereas in school, like you fail a test and your whole semester might be ruined. So I feel like right now I'm, I'm more excited for the learning opportunities where you don't have as many like bad repercussions as you would and say like college, you're going to fail out of a test or fail out of a class um, where you have mentors and people to work with you. And uh, as you move forward in your career, so that's one thing that I'm starting to think about a little bit. It is very, very uh, nerve wracking to go and actually get out on my own and get into a big city and do all that. So as of right now, I mean, I feel, I feel good. There is definitely some anxiety there, but it's, it's, it's good anxiety, I guess. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, it's something that will probably never go away when there's a big, um, big next chapter in a life. I think that's just part of the way we are, um, kind mm-hmm. of having the, the anxiety, but almost like nervous energy. It's not necessarily bad per se, but, um, this kind of wanting the unknown can be a little intimidating. That's all. That is true. Very true. Um, you said you're a people pleaser. Um, has that always been the case for you? And, um, how do you balance or do you still feel like you're, you're not necessarily balanced in terms of trying to please others, but then at the end of the day, taking care of yourself. So I know that when we were in school, um, I know that I've definitely talked to you about this a lot in the past, but it's just that growing up, uh, I was always kind of a, I was kind of a person who would, they would, I would try to listen to other people. Cause I was like, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. Like, I want to be able to be the kind of guy that someone could come up to and be approachable. Someone that someone can come and talk to about their problems. And a lot of times in the past, I put a lot of that, uh, I prioritize a lot of that in front of my own problems. Say like, uh, even as little as like, Oh, Hey, I want to go do something this weekend, but someone else who I care about wants to do something else. And I really don't want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway, just because, um, just one of those things where I, I, I keep putting people, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing to put other people in front of you. Cause that is definitely a good thing to do at some points. But a lot of the times I do it to the point where it kind of hurts me, where I'm not really thinking about myself. I know that that's probably something that you can relate to as well. Oh, a hundred percent, man. I mean, even let's go, let's go back to um, what we just talked about, how I was your RA and here I am in charge of 102 freshmen who, you know, you guys walk into college thinking that you're going to, you know, you're going to own it and this is going to be your campus and yada, yada, yada. But like almost everyone doesn't know who they truly are. They think that they do, but once you go into college and you're officially out of your parents' house and all that, it, it, it is a whole different beast. Um, and so here I am in charge of you and over a hundred other freshmen and trying to help them out out of people knock on my door at 3am and, you know, say that their roommates having a, you know, anxiety attack or, um, a breakdown or, you know, I've had several, several roommates come to me and say that their roommate, um, has a plan and wants to harm themselves. Like, so like all of this stuff, right. I would constantly get bombarded, whether it's on my RA phone or calls or people knocking on my door or this and that to the point where I was constantly putting others before myself. Um, and as a result, 
specifically that year, my, my mental health and trying to please everyone, make sure everyone else is good um, for several months at a time. And then my grades started tanking. My own mental health went down because I realized I wasn't taking care of myself. I was trying to do too much at once. So I completely understand what you're saying. Try and be a people pleaser and it, it can be a good thing, but you know, at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself as well, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of lack. Um, yeah. One of, one of the hardest things that I really ever came to terms with, like with during my time in college was that you really are your most important asset. You're really your most important person. And as much as you want to say the universe doesn't revolve around you, like, yes, it literally does. Like it, it's your life. And yep. that's one of those things that I really struggle with because I feel like if I let someone down, it's going to be the end of the world. And you just have to realize like, yeah, you're, you're going to let people down. Like it's impossible to help people all the time. Um, you're never going to be able to get to that point where you can like constantly have the right answer for everyone or the right, the right thing for everyone. And I mean, that's the kind of person that I tried to be going through high school and like coming up through college. Like I tried to be that guy. Like if someone had a piece of, if someone had an issue, they were working it, they're trying to work through, I was going to take the time and I was going to sit down with them and try to like explain to them what they should do, even though that's really not even my business. Like, yeah, I can be there and listen, but I shouldn't be trying to micromanage other people's lives. Um, yeah, that's just one of the things it's, it's difficult because I've kind of come to the point where I've realized that I like my wants and needs are the most important thing in the world as, as going forward. And I mean, that's, I'm not saying that as like other people are not important, but it's just that like, I can't make it through this life if I can't get through it myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A common saying I'll tell, um, cause a bunch of my friends are from all over. They kind of have had heartbreak recently. I don't know what the deal is that people are just trying to, uh, not be in love anymore, but you, how can you love someone else if you can't love yourself? Um, mm-hmm. it's something that I kind of realized a few years ago. And, um, especially with the relationship, you can't constantly provide for someone else. If you don't love yourself at the end of the day, or you have your own problems that, you know, you're kind of pushing to the side and aren't working out just to try to please someone else. Um, eventually it'll catch up to you. Oh you yeah. I've, I've, I've had those moments actually. Um, they're uh, in relationships that I've been in in the past. It's, it's led me to a point where like their relationships aren't always 50, 50. Sometimes you're going to have to give some, and sometimes you're going to have to get something from them, but it, it just gets to a point where like it, there, maybe it can weigh down on you with someone. And eventually you get to the point where you realize, well, maybe I am going, I am kind of exerting myself a little bit too much. And it actually got to the point earlier in college where I got to one of those points in a relationship and I was like, you know what? I've never actually tried to go to therapy because I guess there's a lot of stigma around therapy and mental, mental, I guess, mental health where it's like, oh, you're weak. Um, and I went and I actually went and tried it out and I actually really enjoyed it. And, and one thing that I kind of learned while I was there was that I, I really am important and I really need to start putting priority on myself, putting emphasis on like what I want and instead of like being a pushover and like letting someone get what they want all the time, maybe even just sit down and explain to someone like where I am at. And usually that leads to a lot better results than just letting someone have what they want all the time. Yeah. What would you recommend to someone um, who is kind of in the boat where they are like you and I um, and try to please others 
constantly about themselves and they're almost at the the breaking point and stuff, would your advice to them be to kind of discuss it with those who um, are close to them or maybe the people who are kind of, I don't want to say draining their energy, but you know what I mean? Like to the people that they are putting, um, the person who's struggling, um, for the person who's struggling to reach out to those who they're putting before themselves, should they should they address that with uh, those people in their life, or do you think they should um, go see just a counselor or something like that, or a psychologist or what? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't. So with this, it's com- people always say communication is key, which is definitely one of the most important things in life. Like you're not going to be able to understand someone unless you ask them. Like a lot, very a lot, people are not very apt to go out and want to tell other people about their life, maybe like what they're struggling with sometimes, and it's very nice if you can go out and be that person and explain like, Hey, this is what I'm going through right now. Um, like this is what, like what you've been doing has been having this effect on me and I want to see if we can work on this. And maybe that will lead them to opening up to you about, Oh, well this has been bothering me too. And oftentimes that'll lead to a good result. I think that just trying to explain to people and helping them understand what's going on, not necessarily telling them like, I can't do this anymore, but if you can just say like, Oh, well I, have been going through this and I want you to understand where I'm at and I want you to try to help me get to a better place and we can do it together. It's a lot of just working together in those situations instead of like, Oh, go ahead and burn this bridge. Um, kick this person out of my life because I don't like what they're doing. Like maybe you can try to work on something and they can end up being like a better person out of it. Yeah. That's, um, and some people don't want to talk. Um, you know, some people are more, um, bottled up, and they don't like to express themselves as you as you said. So, um, it varies person to person, I suppose, of whether or not they are able or feel like they are capable of talking to others about their problems. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say, um, even if you are uncomfortable doing so, it is always okay to not go through stuff alone and kind of, um, even if it's just talking to one of your girlfriends or guy friends to kind of get some stuff off your chest, not unload on people, but, you know, kind of just like say, Hey man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. And it's okay to kind of ask for help or to, um, even just to have the feeling that you're not alone. Cause a lot of people think that they are struggling alone and that no one cares or that, um, you know, once again, they're putting others before themselves. So they put that feeling on the back burner and try to suppress it by helping others, you know, like an alternative way of coping. Um, Oh yeah. So for sure. It's just one of those, like maybe helping someone else makes you feel better for like yeah. that little bit. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get this little hit of dopamine and I'm going to feel good for today. And then tomorrow I'm going to lay down in bed and realize that, Oh, I, I helped someone else, but I didn't really help myself. Guilty as charged. I, I definitely, I've gotten a lot better at that, <clears throat> but I definitely used to be a huge, huge um person who definitely, I definitely did that a lot, which isn't necessarily the healthiest habit, but um, you live and you learn. Um, let me ask you, what are the expectations that you put on yourself? So you say that you have high expectations and stuff. Um, so to what degree and, you know, what, what, what is that like for you? So I've always been, I've always been pretty, pretty close to a straight A student, I guess, throughout high school. So when I came to college, I was like, I'm going to make all A's anything less than that as a failure. Um, my, a lot of it was my parents have very high expectations of me. They've seen how well I've done in the past and they were like, Oh, well 
uh, you, you have to graduate higher than we did in college. Um, or it's going to be like, it, it's not gonna be worth it. Or like, if you get a B in a class, like you're going to get a phone call and someone's going to, and your parents on the phone, like, Oh, um, you got a B that's not good enough. Uh, they're going to like, I'm going to stop helping you out. If you're going to make grades like this, if you're not going to go there and care. And so I came into school and I was like, well, okay, I have to make all A's all the time. And right off the bat, it was like, Oh, well, that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, it was just one of those things I had to start. I had to sit down and I had to realize that there are expectations of me from my family. And I guess myself, a lot of it is me projecting that onto myself, kind of like saying, Oh, well, this person wants me to succeed. So I have to succeed and kind of like taking that completely seriously and not actually talking with them about it, like what they actually expect. Um, a lot of the issues that I faced are, like I said, it's just something that I put on myself because so I think someone else wants the best for me or wants something for me without necessarily getting their actual input. Instead of, uh, instead of, on the other hand, doing all your successes and all your failures um, are purely for your benefit. You had the mindset of you're, you're doing this for yourself, but at the same time, you're also really trying to please your parents or really trying to please your significant other or friends or all of that as well. Correct. Oh yeah. It's a lot of times in school where it's like, Oh, I had to get a better grade so I can go and brag to someone else about it. Like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm doing well in this class. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't until about a year ago or two years ago that I realized like no one gives a shit about my grades. Um, I'm going to like, I'll be fine regardless of what happens. I need to just sit down and worry about myself and worry about that. And like I said, it's just, I was doing it for, I was, I was trying to make good grades for clout. I was trying to make good grades to impress my parents. And so that they wouldn't be upset with me. And I was like, well, why, why am I doing this all for them when it's like my education? Like, why am I trying to go in here and learn all this? I wasn't even trying to learn. Like, I'm just trying to play a game. Like I'm here trying to score points on a test. Like it's not even like I'm sitting down and trying to actually learn something that's going to help me in my career. I was just doing it more so to like, just have that grade, you know? Yeah. Did you, um, whenever you received a, let's say bad grade, which your definition of a bad grade and my definition of a bad grade are different things. But when you did get a bad grade and your parents saw it or whoever you were trying to, um, kind of brag to or whatever, did, did they care that much at the end of the day? Like were were they devastated that you got that B or C in that class or no? There was um so I can go back to freshman year, I was taking calculus two and it was the hardest class I've ever taken in my entire life. And I remember calling my I remember so I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm gonna have to drop this class or I'm going to get an F. And I was like, I don't want to get an F. That's gonna it's gonna kill my GPA, obviously. Like, you gotta have those points. So I remember calling my parents. I told my mom first and I said, Hey mom, I'm going to have to drop this class. I don't really know how to tell my dad. And he, I guess he took it exactly how I thought it was. Like I was trying to pledge a fraternity at the time. He called me on the phone. He said, you're dropping that fraternity. Uh, you're, if you drop this class, like you're going to not be going to Auburn next year. Uh, we're going to pull you. You're going to be going to community college back home. Um, and then after that, I just, I went home that summer after I dropped that class and I talked to him and I realized that he wasn't necessarily angry at me about that. It was kind of like he had some things go on where his, 
his dad had been like that a lot when he was in school, very pressuring. And I realized that a lot of the pressure that he was putting on me was pressure that his dad had also put on him. So it was just kind of one of those chains of events after like talking and sitting and realizing that that's what it's going through. Like it wasn't really him wanting me to make straight A's. It was him wanting me to make straight A's because his dad wanted him to make straight A's and kind of so on and so forth. Hmm. That brings up such a good point. Cause um, I've told you before too, you know, like but my parents kind of have different parenting styles and all that, but my dad's always been the one who's kind of, um, I don't want to say been hotter on my sister and I, but you know, he, he would have these expectations and if we didn't meet them, then he would kind of give us a little more of a, um, stern talk. Whereas my mom would kind of, you know, be the more of like a loving mother and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with either, either way of no. parenting, by the way. No. But it's, it's funny because sometimes you have that, the kind of perception that that figure in your life is a villain Mm-hmm. And instead of having that kind of expectation set on you and thinking of it as, oh, this person wants me to succeed, you see it as, oh, you know, the you know, my dad's a my dad's a jerk and um, you know, he's putting all this pressure on me and blah blah blah. He's you know, I, I can't enjoy myself fully because I'm constantly worried about what he or what she um thinks and believes in me. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that about your dad? And then once you had that talk with your dad, um, did you kind of have a better relationship with him and kind of understand where he's coming from more? Oh yeah, definitely. It was, it was one of those things like, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I have daddy issues, but the kind of point where it's like my entire life up to this point, it was like, Oh, I have to do this to impress my father. I have to do this. Or my father's going to get upset at me. Um, and then, I mean, I sat down and talked with him. And ever since that happened, I mean, we've been, we've had a great relationship. Like I know that he, he wants me to succeed. I know that I want to succeed as well. And people make mistakes. And that's just one of those things we learned. Like uh, we've all had rough points in life, rough points in college and grades and test scores or whatever, but sitting down and like letting him understand that I was really trying my best. Um, I think that really helped him understand like what I was really going through. Cause I was like, it's, it's a lot college is a lot. And when you're a parent, you don't really know what's going on. Like, yeah, of course, like we're here to make good grades and we're here to like get an education, but it's like a whole new culture shock. Like you're trying to come here and you're thrown into a place where you, you have to make new friends. A lot of people from my high school, I mean, I, I didn't really, I kind of lost touch with them a lot when I was a senior in high school. So I was coming to college kind of on a clean slate. So I had all the pressure to like make friends and fit in on top of like making good grades. And my, I guess that's one thing that your parents don't necessarily think about unless you bring, you bring it up to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think that it's uh, one of those things that either in college or after college, your relationship with your parents turns from um, them kind of harping on you and, and being parents and then them kind of more turning more towards like a mentor or kind of like mm-hmm. a, um, a, a good friend kind of state where they're more so just giving you advice and letting you figure it out on your own instead of trying to control what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously I can't speak for everyone's parents. Right, I mean, right, there's right. lots, lots and lots and lots of different things out there. But for my, for my personal case, it has been that way where it's been like, Oh, I, I have this built in mentor feature right now. Uh, where I can go to one of my parents and I can ask for advice. And now that I'm in the real world, like a lot of it had to do with 
I mean, my parents are paying my way through college, so I have to like do this for them. And now that I'm kind of past that point, it's like, oh, well, I'm off on my own. They don't have any like real responsibility anymore. So we can just kind of talk as friends and talk through situations that they've been through before. Absolutely. Um, do you think you are better with the side of you that still sets the high expectations or is that something that you still continue to, um, you know, even after college, do you think you still will have that kind of um, personality trait from you? I, I, th- I think that the drive that I have is very, very beneficial. I think that my, 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 what I do in trying to put expectations on myself is very beneficial for me because it's going to drive me to be successful or to try at least to be successful. Um, but suppressing the feelings of like, Oh, you have to do this. Like you have to do this or like your life's going to be over like that. That part definitely hinders me. And I need like that part is lessened as the years have gone by. Like I've realized that yes, I need, I need these high expectations to succeed. I need these high expectations to like want what's best for myself. But I need to understand that, like, oh, I can get hit some bumps along the road. Along the road, like I'm 22 years old, I have a whole life ahead of me. I really have barely just even started, and it, it's unfair to myself to put all these, or to put. It's not unfair to put these expectations on myself because I mean it's good to have expectations toward yourself and have goals, but it's unfair of me to punish myself for not reaching reaching those expectations when I want to. Yeah, that's something that um, I know personally, and I know a lot of people who would be listening can agree that um, it's hard to accept a failure when you, in general, but especially when you do have high expectations on yourself. And so that big first time that you, you know, you like, like you flumped out of that um, calculus two class or whatever the case is, especially after you have that first big failure, it's really hard to kind of reset yourself. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a blessing because that's when I personally, after I failed my first class, I kind of had a healthier relationship in terms of my expectations versus reality kind of deal. Um, and that kind of helped me out. Um, so what what would you say? And I know there's everyone's different and it's going to be case to case with um, mental health in general, but this is one of those tricky topics. Um, what would you say advice wise to someone who does have these high expectations on themselves, how would you say they can improve upon that healthy relationship that they can have with themselves and um, also with the expectation they believe others have upon them? Um, something, something controversial that I could say here is go out and make a mistake. Like go, go absolutely fuck up somewhere. Like not, not ruin everything. I'm obviously, I mean like, Hey, if you go out, you fail a class, whatever, you know how it feels now. And you realize it's really not that big of a deal. Once you get there. Um, we had a, a commencement speaker at Auburn, a few, uh, like last week at our graduation. And he said, um, you're in your twenties. It's time for you to go out and mess up a little bit and like try to understand how the world's working. And I feel like obviously you don't aim to mess up, but it, you just set out on a journey where you know that messing up is definitely possible and know that you're going to be okay because of it. And you're going to be better off because of messing up. Absolutely, man. I mean, I would almost argue that if you don't mess up and you have this habit of having high expectations on yourself, that relationship and 
habit, it's only going to get worse and worse as you tend to see more success and haven't really experienced that much failure. Would you agree with that as well? I would agree. I mean, the same thing with the calculus two class, it's like, I had never, I'd never failed a class before. And like when that happened, like I thought my world was collapsing. And then a week later I was completely fine. Like it had never happened. And I mean, I've seen a bunch of my friends, like I, I've had friends who fell out of college and they've gotten their life together and come back and been straight A students. Like I've seen that happen. And I definitely think that a, a small failure along the way is very beneficial moving forward because like when you're 20, you don't really have that many repercussions to deal with. I mean, obviously there are lots of people who are, I guess, in a situation where they are like their family members. But I guess if you, if you're in a, if you're in a spot like us and say you mess up in school, like you're going to be better off. Couldn't agree more, man. Um, It's one of those things where uh, you think it's the end of the world at the time, but then it's one of those things where you have to sit and think about, is it really going to affect me in the next year, next five years, 10 years, whatever, you know, getting Mm -hmm. that, getting that C on that physics two test um, may seem like the end of the world right now because that dropped your grade a good bit, but in the long run of everything and, life it doesn't truly matter that much that's one piece of advice that you told me like last year year before that something like that where we were talking and you said that you had this policy where like if if it doesn't matter in five years or if i'm gonna if i think about it in five years and i don't care about it then why am i gonna care about it now yeah because i mean like obviously i know like i've seen i've seen some of the stuff you've been through and you've seen all all the stuff that i've been through and we, we 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 were able to tell each other and kind of sit there and be like, Hey, yeah, you, you made this mistake tonight. Like, Hey, you did, you did so-and-so whatever you, you got in a fight with somebody, but in five years, are you really going to be like that upset about it? Yeah. And that's one I, thing that like, that's a good point to think about. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard because, um, you know, specifically for his podcast, people in the twenties, um, I mean, I'm only 23. I'm not going to act like I have it all figured out. I definitely don't. Um, but that is something that I definitely learned is that um, you can't harp on the little things. Um, and you can't have this huge expectation of you going through life without any bumps in a road because there will always be something that sooner or later will happen and you won't expect it. And then you know, the entire, the entire world is falling apart, but you kind of have to, um, understand that stuff happens and you can't do anything about it, but you can't have this unrealistic expectation that everything is going to constantly be smooth and you're, you know, you're going to go from A to B without any bumps in a road. And that is something that's hard to embrace, but I think is really important moving forward. Um, you're not saying, you know, always like, watch behind your back and, and have a expectation that something bad's about to happen. But, you know, here, here's kind of a metaphor that I just thought of off the dome. So this off is coming the off, dome. The dome for, off the dome for you right here. Um, I'm thinking of like kind of relate. Uh, oh, here's, here's a good thing. All right. Here's a good one. Uh, <laughs> when you're taking, when you're taking your laundry out and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this all in one trip. I'm going to mm-hmm. carry everything. I'm going to grab in here. I'm going to grab all of it. I'm going to make it to my room, set it on my bed. I'm going to fold it up. Piece of cake. 
So you go in there and you try to pick everything up at the same time. And you walk to your room and you turn around and you look, you, you dropped like 17 pairs of underwear. All your socks are gone. Um, but if you go there and you do it in like little trips, it's going to be a lot more efficient because you're not going to have to go back and pick it up. So I kind of say like, if you're trying to control every, every aspect of life, if you're trying to control everything and you do get to that point where you hit a bump in the road, because I mean, life is unpredictable. It's inevitable. That something is going to happen eventually, like not to be a fear mongering dude over here, but nine times out of 10, something's going to happen. But if you're trying to control everything and you do hit a bump in the road, then a lot of it is going to like, it's going to be a lot more difficult to come back from. Whereas if you're like, you go along with the expectation, like, well, I can do this because I know that there may be something that happens later. I can, I, I, I can do this in steps. Like I can figure this out like one by one up until the point, like when you do hit a bump in the road, um, it's not going to be as catastrophic. Yeah. I, um, I was worried about that analogy at first. I'll be honest, but uh, yeah, that's that's a great way. <laughs> that's a great way to put it, man. You're right. It's it's that's don't, exactly. Don't, don't ever doubt my analogies. No, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. Don't um, ever do that. And that's straight <laughs> up the dome. That's that's awesome. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think your expectations of yourself um, will continue into your adulthood and when you become a husband and when you become a father and all that stuff? Do you think that? you're still going to have this expectation or do you think as you kind of mature and experience life a little bit more that you'll kind of become a little more level headed in terms of um, expectations versus reality kind of deal? I think that one of the things that I'm worried about as, like you said, as a, as a husband and a father moving forward, like obviously that's, this is the less talk twenties podcast. So I'm, I'm not planning on getting, getting there yet. But one of those things is like how, my, my dad talking about how his dad put his expectations on him and I'm going to try to get into the point where like, yeah, I will have expectations for my kids, but I need to stop. Like, um, I don't even know projecting. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. You need to stop projecting like my expectations on other people. So I think expectations will always be there. Uh, like I said earlier, um, I'm always going to expect myself to try to succeed, but it's going to be more along the lines of, I will be willing to accept some of the things that happen, like when I do mess up and when I do make a mistake. Um, and I think that that's the more, that's one of the more important things is like, yes, you have to deal with those and like, you have to, you have to think that you want to do well for yourself, but you also got to realize that like sometimes expectations are way, way too big and like, okay, I'm not going to go and I'm not going to win the lottery. Uh, I'm not going to have all these things happen to me, but at the end of the day, you, you, it'll be nice just to be able to deal with some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm going to talk about myself for a second because this is something that I have gotten a lot better at in the last two years. But if it's hard, especially like let's say with your senior year of college, just for example, because it's relevant to the two of us, to kind of go from senior year realizing it's your last year of college to saying that, holy crap, in a year from now, I'm going to be at this job um, and, you know, in this city doing this and blah, like it's hard to, it's overwhelming to think about the end goals when you feel like you're still at the start, but something that you need to do to have these high expectations, but to actually achieve them is instead of going from um, start to finish, you kind of need to take it into smaller digestible bites 
and kind of chunk away, chunk away at it instead of trying to rush and um, achieve this big goal or high expectation um, all, all once or simultaneously. So like for me specifically, I said, I want to go to PT school. And so within this last year, you know, step one is to um, find a job or get observation hours for school. Okay, did that. And then you have to take the GRE and get the GRE score. Okay, well, I studied for the GRE, took that. And then, you know, the application opens up this summer. So I'm going to be doing this and that and um, letters of recommendation. But if I'm looking at all of it at the same time, it's really overwhelming and makes me extremely anxious. But when you break down that big goal of, okay, I'm getting a PT school and here's the list of 27 things I need to do. And you do a little bit at a time and kind of take piece by piece. It's a lot more achievable and a lot more manageable. And I think that can translate to anything in life um, that people are experiencing. Um, So instead of getting overwhelmed and looking, looking at the things you need to do and figuring out how to all do it at once, breathe, relax, take it bite by bite and do what you can one thing at a time. And you'll start to realize slowly, but surely that you actually are achieving that dream or that expectation just maybe not at the pace that you originally um, thought that you were going to be able to do it in. And that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. One piece of advice that I could offer is do something productive every single day, but make sure to celebrate every single day as well. Like um, th- there are multiple times where like you have a long process, like the GRE uh, or getting into grad school or going to PT school and a lot of that is like, oh, well, I have to grind completely. But then you get to the end of the point and you're like, oh, I'm burned out. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I've, I've been putting too much pressure on myself over a long time. So I would just say, like, enjoy the process. Like, enjoy, take it step by step. And, like, you get to another uh, checkpoint, celebrate it. Like, you only get one life. Like, why are you going to try to pressure yourself all this time to grind through and kill all your younger years just to have a successful later life? But I don't know. A world isn't the life isn't guaranteed, so you need to sit back and like kind of celebrate it. Like like last year, we uh, I remember when you took your GRE, I I took you to it, and I think that I think I picked you up from your GRE, and yeah, you did, and and you were like, uh, or and I asked you, I was like, how do you think it went? And you were like, it's fucking over, man. I mean, I don't care. Like, and I was like, that's a kind of a good mindset to have. Like, yeah, you took it, you studied your ass off for it. Let's go celebrate that you took the test. <laughs> and we and did that, celebrate. And, and that's what we did. So yeah, that's just one piece of advice that I can leave for people out there is like, yeah, the process is it's hard. Like everything you do in life is going to be freaking difficult. So enjoy the steps. Enjoy the process. Like take, take the time out of your day to congratulate yourself and say, hey, you did a good job today. Or like, hey, you, you sat around like a bum, but I'm like – yeah, well, I was I was enjoying myself like the whole time. Like there are multiple days where I've just been sitting, watching TV, and I think like I can be doing something productive. And I'm like, you know what? But I really don't want to be. So I'm gonna enjoy this time right now because I know I'm gonna be productive in the future. And are like I've been productive all week. I deserve this one day where I can sit back and relax. I could be wrong, which by the way, first off, a hundred percent true. So to add on to my point of taking it bite by bite or and. Instead of making the process one extremely uh, long but burnt out process, celebrate the small victories and small goals you made towards that bigger um, accomplishment that you're trying to achieve. And I could be wrong, but I think I actually gave you that same piece of advice 
your junior or senior year because you would constantly be in your room doing homework and I told you to like do like relax. You don't need to <laughs> constantly be doing something and have you know something on your mind. It's okay to celebrate that you know you got all those homework assignments done and you're one step closer to getting that straight A in that class, you know? Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. And one of those things is like uh with senior year this year, I, I told myself that I wasn't gonna say no to anything. And not not necessarily say like, oh well, I'm gonna go rob a bank. I can't say no. Like we gotta go rob a bank now. Um, but did you, I can't talk about it. it okay. It's an ongoing case, Got um, it. but I, it's, it's one of those things like, Oh, I have a test tomorrow, but dude, I've set myself up for success over the past three years. I've built myself a, 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 a base. I go out and celebrate. Like how many more times in life are you going to be able to go to a bar on like a Wednesday night and watch a baseball game? Like not, not very often. So, I mean, it's just when those opportunities arise, it's good to sit back and put things in perspective and be like, yeah, well, I have this proposal due on Friday, but I also like I've been working on it all day. Like I've made some good progress. So let's stop, set it down for a second and let's go and do something like let, let's go do something like to celebrate. Yeah, man, that's. um, uh, It hurts me because especially when you graduate, it's really hard not to go back and reflect on the four years of college because they are such influential and kind of, um, you know, like fun years of your life to go back and be like, shit, man, I could have done this and this differently. And Mm -hmm. I didn't do this enough. And I think something I completely lacked my senior year, which given my circumstances, there was only so much um, time I had to have fun and enjoy myself, but I didn't do it enough, man. I did not do it enough. That's one thing I did listen to when you were talking on your last podcast about how you did have that job you were working for a while during our senior year and like that kind of put a strain on your social life. And I mean, it took it took until Sam and I sat down and we talked to you and we were like, bro, like you need to you need to perk up. Like, yeah, it sucks that you're working a shitty job, but we're like you're we're your friends and we're here to help you out. And it's like you get home from the day and like, yeah, you had a bad day at work. I mean, yeah, that sucks. But to look to look at the brighter side of the thing, like yeah, my my day's over. I have I have a few hours where I can sit here and I can hang out with my friends and I can do something. Um, I don't say that as like, oh yeah, well yeah, you're working a shitty dead end job, like get over it. Like obviously it's difficult <laughs> to deal with, but yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that instead of instead of letting your job ruin the rest of your day, like yeah you can go to work and you can have a shitty day, but don't let it like affect your like entire life because of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I remember that exact talk and where we were and everything. And I, I'll never forget it, man. And then th- that kind of translates to the bigger message to anyone is that um, if you know someone who needs that conversation or needs that kind of person to sit down and kind of help them through it or kind of open their eyes up to, um, how much they have to be thankful for and how, you know, these expectations they put on themselves, um, you know, are, are kind of unhealthy. I mean, that goes a long way because it's been a year since, you know, you and Sam sat down with me and had that talk, but I still remember and it randomly pops up in my mind sometimes when I'm stressed out about things that are currently going on. Like I, t- I take that convo and um, translate it into um, things that are going on right now, currently, instead of, you know, when it was in that moment. So 
you know, those talks um, for your friends or loved ones go a long way. And um, if you know someone who kind of needs that sit down um, and kind of just, you know, let them know that you're there for them. I think that is so huge and can help someone who has this high expectations slash, um, you know, anxiety part of themselves to constantly be doing something I, that can literally change them. I think it's never a bad idea to at least reach out to somebody who you think is struggling because maybe like, obviously you don't want to cross a line. You don't want to get in someone's business. You don't want to push, but if you see someone and they look like they've been down for a while, you can go up and say like, Hey man, are you all right? Like, is there something you want to talk about? And most of the time they'll be appreciative. There are some times where they'll be like, get the fuck out of my business. Like stop worrying about me. And I mean, that that's going to happen. I mean, so people aren't always going to want to talk about their problems, but just at least giving them the opportunity to talk about it because sometimes you're going to get into some really interesting conversations. Like you can go and see like, Oh, there's this guy in this class. He sits across the room. He's never talked to anybody. He looks like he's going through a lot. Let me go sit by him today. Let me ask him like, Hey man, what's on your mind? Like what's going on? And sometimes it'd be like, yeah, there's something going on right now. Uh, I don't really have anyone to talk about it with. And you can kind of offer up, offer up and be like, Hey man, well, if you want to talk about it, I'm here for you. It's, it's good. Like, uh, cause some people are, so a lot of people are very closed off to opening up about themselves and kind of just, starting that off a little bit and saying like, Hey, is, is there something you'd like to talk about? Um, a lot of times they'll appreciate you reaching out even if they don't want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I completely, completely agree. I think it's something that's uh, easier said than done. And, you know, people are kind of told that all the time, especially with, you know, mental health, I'll, you know, always reach out to someone if you need help and blah, blah, blah. And it's cliche, but it's, it's not, you know, it's, mm-hmm a very serious matter and you never know when you can help someone out and how much that can impact them. So always, like you said, always, if you know someone who's struggling in general, Mm -hmm. always reach out. It can never hurt. Yeah. Um, you got any questions for me, man? I kind of, I've maybe one more question for you, but I want to see if you have any, anything that, uh, you want to ask me just, I I know going along with expectations and like not, with you and the whole PT school not working out like exactly how you wanted it to right after college, how has that kind of, has that motivated you? Is that like put you down? Like, I know that, I know that that was a very shitty situation. I, I just want to know like how it is like going to work now, like you're trying to work up so you can actually get into PT school eventually. And just how, how is that? Like, how is that setback? Has it motivated you or has it put you down? I guess it's really the main question. I, um, in the moment, I was extremely just kind of bummed and frustrated because with COVID and stuff and not being able to work somewhere, or a clinic, hospital, um, school, or anything like that, and I made over 40 phone calls to various things within 40 minutes of Auburn and being turned down because of COVID and then graduating and realizing that kind of because of the cards I was dealt, I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to. Um, so I feel like it was a combination of that. And then just a combination of that's the first time besides me switching my major, that was the first time where I kind of felt like I was a failure because I had this expectation and I didn't mm-hmm. achieve it. But I mean, within, and you know how I am within two weeks, um, I'm, I, my mindset's changed and, I already had plans of, okay, how can I, how can I, uh, reset and 
still get this goal. So it, it sucked at first, and um, you kind of have to accept those feelings and accept what you're feeling um, in order to kind of uh, fully move on. At least that's how I work. I have to fully experience what I'm feeling before I'm able to accept and move on. And so mm-hmm. that's what I did. But yeah, I'm I'm motivated. I, you know, have been working these two jobs and doing this and that to achieve my goal. And um, I'm a lot better mentally and just overall more prepared physically to do what I need to do again in PT school. So yeah, it, it was a roller coaster. But um, yeah, it definitely motivated me for sure. Yeah, that, that that's kind of the way I said like, or the way I would feel too. It's, it, it sucks. Like I, I've had last year, I was trying, trying really hard to get an internship and I had been denied or I hadn't heard back from pretty much every single place that I had applied. And I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, Oh, well, I'm just not going to have a job this summer or I could have a job, but it's not going to be in the field. Like it's not going to help me get a full-time paying job after college. And then eventually I, I just kept pushing through it and I applied to probably like a hundred different places and I heard back from one and I got that interview and I got that one shot and I, I got it. And it was, it took a lot of, it took a lot of going through it because I remember that I was applying to jobs pretty much all of last year and I got, I got that one shot and I was very lucky to have that, but I had to deal with a lot of rejection. I had to deal with a lot of uh, not feeling good enough to get into the job. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm not like, going to be successful enough. And I, I, I finally, after a lot of, a lot of trying and a lot of hours, I finally got that opportunity and it worked out. Yeah. I think that's a great last point to make before we wrap this up is that um, when you do have this expectation, like you had the expectation of getting a job immediately out of college with a good company, because here you are almost a straight A student at a very prestigious university. Um, yeah, you're you're applying to these places, probably expecting to at least hear back from half of them. Yeah. And here you are, um, working with this one company, the company that, you know, reached back out to you. So mm-hmm. if these people have if people out there have expectations and goals that they want to achieve, don't be afraid of rejection, which is I know something we kind of touched on, but don't be afraid to be denied. Don't be afraid of um you know, being told no, but you know, if it's something that you want to do and something that you think is achievable for yourself, keep going after it and, uh, it should work out for you. Very good. Very good point. Very good. Last point to make. Um, you have anything else? Well, that's, that's pretty much all I've had to say. I've I've rest my case. Go, go be great people. Go be great. Well, Will, thank you so much for coming uh, onto the second episode of the Let's Talk 20s podcast. I really appreciate it, man. You're definitely someone that throughout college and even uh, up to now, someone that I could always reach out to and just have these kind of talks with and kind of help each other through stuff. So, Well, absolutely, man. I really appreciate you letting me on. I'm always down to do this again if you want to. Uh, if if not, if you don't like my laundry analogies, um, <laughs> you can – you can kick me off, but that's all good. I'm always here if you want to. If you want me on the show, I'll always be a good guest. And yeah, really, just thank you and good luck as you move forward with this podcast. I really hope it blows up. Oh, it's blowing up, baby! Oh, it's uh, blowing up. Smash that like button. I'm expecting <laughs> at least three thousand million views on this next podcast. Uh, well, you YouTube. know what? Um, I'll promote it, so we'll get it out there. Yeah. Um, 
once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the second episode with my buddy Will here. Um, I'll post it on YouTube and Spotify like I did with episode one. Uh, DM me, message me, whatever you want to do. Call me um, what you thought about this episode and anything moving forward that you would like me to do differently. Um, With that being said, Will, I think we're going to sign off here. Thank you again for uh, coming on this episode and we'll see you guys soon. Awesome, man. Thank you so much.